This is GWC podcast number 354, recorded December 23rd, 2012. Merry Christmas and happy holidays from everyone here at Galactic Water Cooler. But first, your hosts, three unrepentant sci-fi geeks. I'm Chuck Cage. And one day you end up a big evil, you know, crap ass. And with me, Audra Hessler. If I had a nickel for every time I got boned at the Eye of Jupiter, man. And Sean O'Hara. <laughs> I shall fart confusion. Our mission, enjoy new science fiction, fantasy, and other cool stuff every week and share the experience with you. Oh yeah, and have some fun in the process. GWC is brought to you largely by the generosity of listeners like you. It's your donations that keep us going. For more information on how to donate, visit galacticwatercooler.com slash support. And the fine folks at audible.com. Visit www.audiblepodcast.com slash watercooler for your free audiobook. Of course, we'd love to hear your opinions, too. So if you have something to say or, hey, you could introduce us to something new, don't just holler at your MP3 player. Give us a call at 214-296-9229. That's 214-296-9229, extension 701. And leave us a voicemail for inclusion in a future show. Better yet, you can join the GWC community, a group widely recognized as the friendliest people in sci-fi, in watching, reading, and enjoying all kinds of cool stuff 24-7 over on galacticwatercooler.com, our website, blog, and forum. GWC is a spoiler-free podcast, and we define spoilers as definitive information regarding material not yet released in the United States or its country of origin. In short, if it's out, it's fair game. Wow, that is... That is awesome. It's like the Harry Potter Christmas mix. <laughs> totally. It has this mystique to it. Yeah. The like ding, mysterious ding, Christmas. Ding, 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 <laughs> ding, Yeah, it's that kind of triangle tingy sound that really gets you <laughs> to the Harry Potter thing, you know? It's awesome. Thank you again to uh, Jim Mindaneo. Oh, is that where that came yep, from? indeed. Awesome. Sweet. And to uh, Ferris, of course. Quality for- stuff, sirs. Indeed. If you hear good music on the podcast, it's probably it's from not Ferris. Yeah, it's related to Ferris somehow. Or one, one or the other. <laughs> so, Merry Christmas, everybody. Yes, Happy yes. holidays. And guess what? December 21st came and went. The rapture happened. We're all still here. You know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Pick your options. You know, it's- <laughs> Yeah, my dad, Buona uh, called the 21st. He's like, well, we're all still here. I guess I got a plan for retirement. You know, <laughs> <laughs> Someone tweeted the other, some random person tweeted the other day, uh, boy, this uh, end of the world thing seems to get earlier and earlier every year. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it does. That's but, just cold. Well, you know, what are you going to do? It's other than have Christmas. I remember really- like the, you know, a year ago when it was the actual rapture that everyone was saying. Oh, yeah. And I remember Olivia Wilde tweeted, you know, I hope the rapture isn't really tomorrow because I just got waxed and that would be a waste. <laughs> <you know?"> <laughs> <laughs> and I was thinking that, too, the other day, like uh, I had just like done this like perfect shave and everything got all cleaned up, took this long bath. I'm like, ah, you know, and then I'm like, oh, crap. <laughs> That would be a crappy time for the world to end. I end the world. I could have worn dirty underwear in my old sweats. <laughs> Damn it. With leg kindling. <laughs> you, you can't be all ready for the end of the world with the jungle running all wild and funky. 
how we celebrate Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm celebrating a little early this year because I got new boots. Nice. Oh, they awesome. look like adventurer boots from Fable. They do. It's so awesome. They're so freaking great. They're like a cross between cowboy boots and, and like motorcycle boots and they're like burgundy brown type color and stuff. Awesome. So, uh, Shannon yeah, it's has cool. They, they've got like this kind of a uh, metal ring on the side that's uh, being pulled in three directions by these straps that are bolted down. It's it's pretty awesome. It's super cool. I'm I'm very happy with them. And uh, uh, Shannon has adopted the Chuck method of giving me my, my <laughs> Christmas present. You know, it's just wherever we are on the spot when I find something I really want, she's like, "Bang! Yep, Merry Christmas!" You know. Bam! Good call. Bam! Spice weasel. And, <laughs> uh, so that's what she did, and and she's been trying to get me to wear like westernish type gear for well since we imagine met. that yeah. she stops trying and you want to do it and I want to do it now. Can't imagine how that <laughs> her all, all her subliminal efforts worked over the years. <laughs> she just wore me down. But uh, she puts a headset on you while you're sleeping, and it's a, a loop of her saying. You are a cowboy. <laughs> it's that song. Boots. I want to be a cowboy. <laughs> His name's Ted. Over. Can you believe that? Ted. Um, 80s. Uh, and one day, oh, I was he'll be of, dead, yo-yo. I was thinking of <laughs> yo, Ted. Yo. Yeah, Ted from How I Met Your that. Mother with the red boots. That Chuck does the the uh, oh, yeah. the the dissecting arm thing from the the video of uh, uh, oh god what is that um, this is not my beautiful <laughs> wife uh, oh yeah the, the talking heads talking um, heads yeah it, Chuck's the only one who gets that it's, <laughs> it's you know the, in the video if you ever watch the original video which how many people are left yeah on really even remember that you know that was around this, then there's <laughs> a stop motion video of of the guy is like it once in a lifetime is that what it's called. Oh, it might be, yeah. I have no Water idea. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Water flowing underground. It's a freaky video. Oh, it's a weird video. It's very strange. Really but... freaky video. But yeah. <laughs> no worse than watching Will I Am and Brittany dance in the same video. That's oh, yeah. very yeah. interesting. Uh, have you guys seen that? Uh, I have not. <laughs> I guess it's Scream and Shout or whatever it is. I did see oh, him man. on Top Gear pump, pimping his car company. Car company. Yeah, Making it, finger quotes. It's it's not a car company. No, it it's is, not. But it's not. But the thing he does do that I thought was interesting was uh, he takes people like, um, well, here it's like Dallas Can Academy or something uh-huh. like that. The, right. the kids who are trained in a vocational skill and stuff right. and employs them to do cool things. That part of it is cool. <laughs> Your vocation will be Super Bowl halftime dancer. <laughs> <laughs> and I like Get those that. glow sticks. Pick them up. <laughs> Sadly, you will only be employed for 30 minutes a year. However, <laughs> however it is a job. It is enough yeah. to live on. <laughs> you use this LED hula hoop and you will get on that field. Uh, and, we'll just have a lot of rehearsals. <laughs> now, his cars that he produces are crappy looking yes but i love the fact that he gives kids who might not otherwise now if you could just have them build decent looking cars wow and it is the biggest delorean mercedes ferrari abortion looking thing it is it is it is why did top gear feature him then if they were so bad because he's interesting it was interesting we're talking about it aren't we (laughs) he is interesting i don't particularly like the things he has to say sometimes but he is very interesting but i'll listen but i'll listen you know know, it's entertaining he was great on graham norton oh yeah yeah i I didn't see that graham norton yeah yeah I like I like that. They're coming for you, Chuck. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> I don't know if you can hear, but there's like a Chinook outside. <laughs> 
And uh, either that or they're, that makes a very distinctive sound. It is a weapon of the enemy. <laughs> <laughs> what was that? It's the AK-47. The AK-47 <laughs> makes a very distinctive noise. When fired at us. <laughs> yes, it does, doesn't it? You know? uh, I love their, that movie. Did someone leave their vibrator turned on? <laughs> no, let it be. Mm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it got out of control. One of the weights is all. Like a washing machine. Running around the floor. It's like if you put a brick in a washing machine. Ka-choo, 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 ka-choo. <laughs> we did that once. When I was There's no sink in here. <laughs> I don't understand. Did you tell them about the great fundamentals? <laughs> Death. Oh, by Snoo Snoo. Hey. <laughs> have you. This is way off topic. Not that I've been <laughs> yeah, off, well, topic so on topic, off topic already. Off of Snoo Snoo. But have you guys seen the video of the, the three old Jer- women from Jersey watching the Kim Kardashian sex tape? No. No, but that's awesome. It I would totally watch that. I like meta video. That's cool. Oh, my God. It's hysterical. You know, because they're all what? And you figure, oh, God, they're going to you know be three old ladies. from Jersey. No, it's great. Oh, my God. Look, he has to use, she has to use both hands. <laughs> oh, it's like a snake. You know? Okay, that's hilarious. <laughs> it's hysterical. You know, oh, she's, oh, there he goes again. Oh, oh she's God. stupid. <laughs> it's hysterical. You guys ever, it's the best two minutes you're ever going to see in your life. I'm, I'm going to check that out. I, I think I might have to also. That's <laughs> pretty awesome. It's like a sneak. <laughs> it's, it's like a sneak. You know, we should probably do the news. All right. And now, Galactic Water Cooler News, updates, upcoming stuff in general, and anything else we care to talk about during this segment. So, speaking of meta video, uh, there's a. Speaking of snakes. Yeah. (laughs) Snakes on a plane. Yeah, exactly. Um, Seth Rogen has a new movie coming out uh, called This Is the End. And it's kind of a meta movie. It's, uh, It's got a whole bunch of people playing themselves in it. Like um, Jonah Hill, Aziz Ansari, Rihanna, Paul Rudd, Danny McBride, Emma Watson, Michael Sarah, um, Craig Robinson, uh, yeah, James Franco, um, and all of them are playing themselves. And the the premise is that they all get stuck at James Franco's house uh, during the apocalypse. It would be Franco's house. Okay, I would totally. Yeah. Watch. I'm gonna watch that. That's, yeah, there's a trailer online that you can find. It's pretty funny. That's funny. Um. It says Holy it follows crap. six friends trapped in a house after a series of strange and catastrophic events devastate Los Angeles. As the world unravels outside, dwindling supplies and cabin fever threaten to tear apart the friendships inside. Eventually, they're forced to leave the house, facing their fate and the true meaning of friendship and redemption. And then there's here's the picture of... <laughs> it's people like... <laughs> cramming their heads together, screaming. <laughs> it, yeah, it looks like a bunch of people all like stuffed pile. in a tube or something. <laughs> oh, that's cool. I'm I'll trying check to figure out. out. I, I I guess the movie is coming out soon, which is a little ish. A little Some, summer thir- summer of next year. <laughs> so we'll jump right on that. It's an end of the world. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> it takes place December twenty first, two thousand twelve. But they had the idea on the twenty first. <laughs> people have known so. about this Mayan prophecy forever. I mean, last year a whole bunch of people thought yeah, it was, and then they're like, "Oh, but you don't count this year. The year zero. Well, and it's funny because they've had all the um, the Mayan experts on the History Channel recently, and they're like, okay, 
first of all, no, it doesn't say that. It's just the start of another cycle. It's like, it, you know, because uh, I think two and 21 or, or whatever it is, the, the one and two combo, which was uh, some kind of Euclidean geometry that they were doing, um, happened. Those Except numbers. before Euclid. Yeah, right? exactly. But <laughs> the ratio still works out. You right, know? right. Um, but they had done this stuff and it was very important to them. So they based their calendars off these types of things. And this is just the beginning of a new cycle and everything. No, they've been through them before. We'll be through them. And it's great. Cause I get a call from, uh, from my brothers. Like, have you seen the Maya? Okay. <laughs> what? <laughs> Not only are you late. <laughs> it's like the 22nd. And he's it's like, did you hear about this? <laughs> it was, you know, actually, like, not only are you late, <laughs> This is what it, it it was great because there was silence for about ten seconds. Are you sure? <laughs> yeah, pretty sure, dude. <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> so apparently, we get a movie next year about the it, world. I think ending. it'll be funny though. Oh, definitely. It, I mean, Seth it looks Rogen, pretty unusual. Michael, Sarah, Seth Rogen. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's gonna be great. Whatever it is. Other movie news, uh, Riff Tracks, that you know the guys uh, responsible for Mystery Science Theater forever, uh, they did a poll of uh, their <laughs> their fans and asked people to vote on the 25 worst movies of all time. Oh, man, this is like IMDb. Like, I know. Like, there are a couple of really bad ones, like Mano Sands of Fate, that kind of hover around the top 50 all the time. And then it's just movies fun. Whatever yeah, came yeah, out yeah. this yeah. year that people are enjoying crapping on, you know? Yeah. yeah, and actually, I bring this up because what's interesting is not the poll and the results of the poll, but what's interesting is that there are actually some intelligent comments um, on Blaster. That is it, interesting. It, it is pretty cool, yeah. So it unexpected. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the Blaster story notes that after half a million votes for their worst movies ever, the top five of them are science fiction genre. Now, here's what Blaster is calling sci-fi. What is that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Chuck's showing us a the picture, the, the meme picture of the chick like flipping her hair back out of the water, coming up out of the ocean. It says Fibonacci spiral. Because it is. Euclid. It is. <laughs> okay, so the top five of the half a million votes of Rift Tracks fans, the top five that Blaster says are sci-fi are, number one, the Twilight Saga, all of them, which I didn't, I didn't realize was See? sci-fi. Yeah, it's just popular crap on. Two, uh, Batman and Robin. Three, Catwoman. Okay. Four, Spider-Man 3. And five, uh, The Last Airbender. Okay, the last Airbender was not bad. Right, I'm sorry. right, but but there, it's interesting that uh, Blaster's calling these all sci-fi, like the Twilight Saga sci-fi. I don't know. Um, yeah, like I said, Supernatural. I, I guess I don't know. I don't know if Supernatural qualifies as sci-fi, does it? Well, they're related. I mean, genres, I, definitely but, in the same kind of area, but I'm yeah, not sure if that's sci-fi exactly. Look at Chuck. Chuck's like, it's not. Okay, I, this is an sure audio medium, okay? <laughs> People can't see all your faces not, you're making. But okay? I think <laughs> that's, that's Chuck, a, Chuck was doing the haughty derision face, you know, like like Sheldon does. The, you know. No, I'm just like, you know, okay, first of all, I think ever since the Sci-Fi Channel started showing ghost shows, now they're connected. Paranormal is not sci-fi. I would like to... At least in my book, that's not the same. Paranormal yeah, is its own thing. And I was going to say, I mean, itself. if we're following that kind of line, then then wrestling is sci-fi. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying it's not sci-fi. Unless one of the characters... You just said it was sci-fi. Was, you know... <laughs> <laughs> unless one of them is powered by you right. know, some kind of... 
But what's interesting yeah. in, in, in the top twenty five that people voted, almost all of them are sci fi or fantasy. I mean, there are only like two or three that are not. If one of the re- if one of the wrestlers has an arc reactor, I'm I'm cool. Well, one of the people in comments on Blaster asked the question, you know, are these really the worst movies of all time or are no. or are sci-fi and fantasy fans more critical yeah. than... Well, yeah. Uh, absolutely. Or here's another question that I'm going to add to that. Are sci-fi and fantasy fans going to be more critical of their of the types of movies that sci-fi and fantasy fans watch? And they also are linked to riff tracks because riff tracks attracts geeks. So the people, you know, if you attract geeks and then you ask geeks to identify the worst movies, they're going to pick geeky movies because that's what they watch. Well, of course. I would say that follows. Yeah. And yeah. and honestly, I mean, this is like a who's who list of stuff that's popular to dump on. Yeah. Some of the others, uh, Battlefield Earth, uh, Transformers, okay, Battlefield Revenge Earth of the qualifies. Fallen. Uh, Battlefield Earth was, a, was pretty terrible. Star Wars Episode One. Oh, come on. Indiana yeah, Jones in the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. No. X-Men The Last Stand. No. Transformers Dark of the Moon. No. Battleship. No. Now, some of these look like they might qualify. Santa and the Ice Cream Bunny. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Plan 9 I'm, from Outer Space. Manos Hands of Fate. Yeah. Now you're talking. See. Yeah. And, some of these are like real. I said, like it's like it's like the, the couple that are real. And I mean, people don't seem to get the difference between bad movie and unpopular among you and your buddies because you can dump on it. Monster versus Gatoroid. Bad movie. All right. You get Tiffany and, and uh, what's her name in there? Debbie Gibson it's like, and Tiffany. Yes. I it's would like, say look, that qualifies as crappy. You look at you look at, at Transformers Dark of the Moon next to Manos Hands of Fate. There's a world of difference. You know, literally. and you don't like it and bad movie are different things. Yeah, okay. No, that's that's very Manos different. Hands of Fate. People are still arguing about what the movie is actually about. Yeah. What's you know? one commenter says, uh, this list is actually pretty depressing, as it seems obvious that so many who responded don't really know much about film, hence the choice of so many movies from the last decade or so. Oh, for an audience interested in movies made before they were born. <laughs> it's a good point. I mean, you know, almost all the movies on the list are recent. For what it's worth, I, I think this might work out, though, from a, uh, you know, from a Rift Tracks perspective, because... Like, for example, some movies that you would not think are necessar- aren't bad movies, you know, like admittedly Riff Tracks had kind of, well, certainly MST3K kind of made their name with bad movies, right? But Riff Tracks does everything. Mm-hmm. And and like I've, we watched the Riff Tracks for Thor, and it's awesome. I mean, I love Thor. I love the movie. It's a great movie. Sure. You know, the Riff Tracks is funny as hell. I mean, it is like it takes it's a totally different movie that way. So I I would imagine that some of this stuff that people like dumping on, like Twilight, for example, you may love Twilight. and It's a fun movie. It'll be fun with Rift Tracks as well. Oh, you know, like it'll be fun watching them light it up. Oh, yeah. Chuck, you would appreciate this comment. Um, Half the movies on this list are not bad movies. They're simply unliked by people for reasons that have more to do with personal taste and distaste than anything else. Because sci-fi and fantasy movies, especially those based on popular franchises, uh, tend to polarize audiences more than any other kind of movie, it's little wonder this list is filled with those types of films. And they talk about the difference between common standards that people use to evaluate film and then, you know, personal tastes of people just crapping on them, which is what you're getting at. I'd like to point out, too, that uh, Riff Tracks has come a long ways. And if you are a... uh, uh, if you watch movies on your computer at all, 
uh, Rift Tracks now has some really killer ways to let you do that. Uh, they sell the the tracks themselves, not the movie. So you can you can just play hit play and watch it with the movie if you like. If, however, you have a uh, uh, you know you rip your own DVDs or you have digital files that you play. Um, you can use uh, a number of people have made aftermarket riff tracks players, which can accept their file, the oh, riff cool. tracks file and your file and line them up and play them. And you can control the, the relative volume. Yeah. So like, for example, you can have it auto control the volume of the movie so that it, it ducks for them and that sort of thing. And Audra and I have done that and watched some movies that way. And it, you can buy the Rift Tracks tracks for a couple of bucks a piece, and it's it's a lot of fun. It's yeah, it's just like an MP3 file, like three dollars or something, and then you line it up and watch the movie. It was awesome when we did it with Thor. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was a lot of fun. It shows Heimdall for the first time, and they're like the lost member of P Funk. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's just it's loaded with great stuff. I'm I'm a big fan. Speaking of you know popular franchises, I have I'm a sucker for uh, awesome online wedding proposals. I mean, come on. You can never turn those down, the good geek ones, you know? And What, the uh, proposal or, or watching the, it? Of all the things. I'm married to half the people in the U.S. No, I'm just kidding. Um, all the things I expected to come out of your mouth. I'm into online wedding proposals. Hell yeah, like, I, I actually am kind of shocked at that, too. No, I, I don't fair, know. I'm fairly certain I've when never heard that When people do these huge that. creative, cool things, you know, come on. You, you know you're a sucker for that, Look, too. I'm not suggesting that. I'm suggesting I didn't expect you to say that. So uh, a guy and his girlfriend are very into, you know, the Iron Man movies, right sure and he builds an arc reactor and it's it's essentially a, a sweet looking you know led powered wire wrapped awesome looking arc reactor it looks just like one right uh and it lights up and everything but you can hit a button on it and the leds which are uh, multi-function leds uh flash colors like a disco and everything and then mm-hmm. it and then a little door swings open in the bottom of it all motorized and a little thing swings up and the ring comes out of it nice Okay, now tell me that's not badass. That is pretty cool. That, that's pretty Seriously awesome. yeah. badass. <laughs> Hope she figures out how to do that. Otherwise, it'll just be, you got that dark reactor? Yeah, I threw it away. <laughs> I sold it on eBay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got 50 bucks for it. Too bad there was a $5,000 ring in no, just... <laughs> Seriously, check the video out online. It's easy to find and uh, totally worth looking into. It, it made my day. Nice. Really cool. Really cool. Nice. Can't be... Uh... It's it's right up there with the portal. Proposal, yeah, you know. Well, I have uh, I have a bit o news. Uh, Expendables three, <laughs> and yes, they are making another one. Oh yeah, why not? And they have all the same guys except for one addition now, which is Jackie Chan. Okay, that's awesome. That is pretty awesome. I mean, they're that's getting tempting. Everyone from our freaking childhood, everyone, all of them. Everybody's in this movie. Yeah, stuffed in it, and it's kind of great because you know they can't pay them their normal salaries, so it's like you know by the time Jackie <laughs> well, yeah, Chan it'd be gets like on, a twenty billion dollar movie. Yeah, you know it's like by the time Jackie Chan goes, all right, we have eight dollars for you. <laughs> you could and free lunch. Come on down, do the thing. He's like, all right. You know, well, and to be honest, he Jackie, the movie industry has worn a little hard on Jackie Chan. He's broken almost every <laughs> all his bones. So he's not going to be able to be as... as Jackie Chan is the man. He, he is, is the so man. awesome. I still remember seeing like 
what was it? Um, Super Cop. I saw Super Cop in the theater when For it came me, it out. Was like Rumble 96. in the Bronx. Well, that's I, the one. That's I didn't one see after. Rumble in the Bronx until after Super Cop because I, you know, Rumble in the Bronx was the first big one, and then now, I went see, home Super and rented Cop has it. Has the building thing right where he walks up between the two buildings. Rumble in the Bronx has, has the, the, ladders. the ladders, yeah, and, yeah, and, uh, the stuff. But the one that really got me even before that, even before I knew who he was, was Cannonball Run. Well, yeah, because he was in that. He didn't even speak any English in Cannonball Run, and they made fun of him in the movie because of it, you know. But, but he, I gotta say, I mean, man, Rumble in the Bronx was the one I was just like, I saw some of that stuff, and I was like, whoa. And he's a pretty cool dude. I don't know if you ever follow any of his stuff, but he he didn't want to do action movies anymore after he he found out that kids were getting hurt trying to duplicate his moves. Nice. Uh, he's like, nope, I'm done. And uh, was for a little while until they convinced him that, look, he could probably portray this in a different way and it will, it'll be okay for everybody. You know, and he was all right for that. But uh, apparently Expendables 3, going to have some Jackie Chan stuff along with absolutely everybody else. <laughs> Everyone cool. in the world. Uh, but uh, I have one more bit of news, which is, like uh, bit oh honey, yeah, pretty exciting for bit me because I'm a super fan. Uh, the new Riddick movie, which is apparently now done, or at least done-ish. Man, everybody's in that too. Uh, there's a couple people in that one. Isn't Kojak in that? Indeed, he is. <laughs> in fact, it was he was pretty instrumental. Uh, yeah, Vin Diesel is is uh, they're they're trying to get him tapped to play Kojak. Uh, in I always got him mixed up Kojak with Cujo. Thing. Slightly different. One has a lot of hair, one has no hair, but, uh, you know, slightly different. <laughs> they both have uh, a lot of teeth, though. Yeah. But the release date for the new Riddick movie is 9 6 nice. So almost a full year. Got a little uh, ways to wait. Yeah, but... now, as I understand it, the movie is either mostly or all done already. They're just waiting for that for the release time because they think that'll be the sweet spot for Riddick. Okay. So I, I don't know why. Yeah, when I always think September, I always I, think Riddick. I think let's Riddick's have sweet Riddick. Spot. Yeah. I could use some Riddick. That's kind of a right quiet now. time of the year for movies, usually, isn't it? Yeah. yeah well, it's after the summer. So they think summer well of it, huh? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> well, it's right after Labor Day. I mean, I don't know. I don't know, man. It seems a little odd for me, but you know what? All right. That's what you want to do. You know what else Sean is a big fan of? <laughs> Final Fantasy. Oh yeah. oh, yeah. I've seen these. These are not brand new news or anything. This isn't brand new news, but I've, I've seen these a couple times, and I've been meaning to bring them in. Uh, a number of really cool uh, games on the iPad recently and, and now available for iOS 2, I mean for uh, Android 2 in some cases. And uh, Final Fantasy 4 is out for the, it's supposed, to, it's supposed to have come out on the 20th, so should be out for the iPad and for Android tablets as well. And, uh, you know, they released a version of Baldur's Gate a little while back. That is cool. I which, loved uh, playing that. Yeah, we had more, Audrey and I had more fun, you know, playing Baldur's Gate together and uh, available on the iPad. And I guess there are some special versions of it out now that are slightly improved and even better. So if you haven't uh, checked either of those franchises out and want to and have a tablet, now is a cool time to be able to do that. You well, know? and it'll probably be be better than it was originally because the the technology in tablets is actually better than the original consoles they appeared on <laughs> right now yeah that's incredible I, I was looking at the featured uh, best of 2012 in the app store and uh, they recommended a lot of games uh, one of them was called the room which is sort of a puzzle game and i haven't played it yet i downloaded it because it was like two bucks or something but 
Seems there's, very mistish to me. I, I, I yeah. would run away screaming. <laughs> well, there's another one. Uh, it's called the uh, Avengers Initiative. And I started to download it, but it was so big a download. It was going to take like 20 minutes. I was like, eh, whatever, you know. So, But it's free if you if you wanted to check it out. I was wondering if any listeners had played that one yet. The Avengers know. Initiative, because it won an award for one of the top games of the last year. I have no doubt about that. I've been, I've been recently addicted to Civilization Revolutions. You guys, hmm, that one. Yeah. It's the, it's a Sid Meier or whatever it is, uh, his Civilization series. But it's the Revolutions one where you, you can take I think one of twenty something countries and spin on them and through <laughs> and. <laughs> Dance, Sorry, that's civilization. Grab a napkin, homie. You've been served. Uh, no, there's... Uh, Get that glow stick. Walla, what's there for you? Um, no, but you can grab any one of 20 uh, countries. And then the the win parameters are you can win one of a couple ways. You can do domination, which is you just kill everybody or you know, kill all the other civilizations. Uh, economic, you... You basically kill them with money. No, you don't kill them. You <laughs> you get a certain amount of economic prosperity in your your civilization, and you win that way. You can win by cultural, so you build the United Nations and successfully run it. Cultural domination. Uh, yeah, you can do science or technology, which is uh, you innovation build, domination. Yeah. <laughs> no, uh, you build you a you win, bitch. <laughs> basically, you build a, uh, a space vehicle. And send it to Alpha Centauri and get it to reliably arrive there. Or you can. I like that one. Get, yeah, I, that's that the first one awesome. I did. I'm like, I'm going to do that. You Hell know? yes. And so I did that. Or uh, the, I think, uh, yeah, there's domination, economic, technology, and cultural. That's the other one. Uh, when cultural is the UN, Alpha Centauri is the technology, the economic is the economic prosperity thing. What's and the then, platform? Uh, it's on PC, Xbox, and, and a couple Ooh, other things. I sounds download. cool. It's uh, it's in the arcade section for Xbox. It's, <gasps> it's like uh, nineteen bucks or something like that. It's the full game. That's awesome. And it is super addicting, you know, because you every time you play with a different country, your options and available skills and and great leaders and all that kind of stuff are different. See, I I would love a game like that because the most time I've ever spent on any game was probably SimCity. Really. Yes, I love SimCity. I don't really dig into The Sims and stuff, but this had just enough. It's a strategy game. Well, so not I mean, The Sims as much, but SimCity is different. Yeah. Uh, I I was like, eh, I don't know if I'm going to like this. It is so addicting. You can play through, if you're good playing the machine, uh, you can play through in a couple hours and to a to a conclusion. If you want to play multiplayer, you can play multiplayer. You can play online. Uh, against other live people and stuff like that and eh, i usually don't like that <laughs> i usually don't against, either against vicious racist 12 year olds yeah, yeah exactly i played against my brother here recently and i took japan and he took i think uh india and he whipped the crap out of me because well, he's got a billion people <laughs> working well, for him there's it's not that. that he got the uh the the cultural significances uh, yeah. of like gandhi and and a couple of the other things that just whipped the crap out of me culturally. I was almost to my technology end, but he just he just beat me. Well, wow, so the game actually makes arguments that certain cultures are more important than others? No, not more important. Better at certain things. Oh, okay. Like India had a whole bunch of uh, cultural, uh, uh, I guess, 
uh, not initiatives. That's wrong. But um, you had everything: advan- civil disobedience. Well, they had you know they, Buddhism, they had, curry, they had cultural advantages curry. that somebody like Japan didn't have. You know, at certain points of the game. So, like in the medieval to whatever, they had alphabet already. You know, early, which is a big advantage. You know, or they had uh, they had like the samurai had or the like. I was Japan, and I had um, samurai swords and stuff like that early. So I was militarily better than them, but they already had alphabet, so they had more cash and could could make more troops. They could uh, fund them better, all that kind of stuff early, and uh, it was it was not the same kind of game I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be kind of eh. Yeah, oh, it sounds awesome. It's really cool. It, it's been out for years, and I think it came out in two thousand eight. So I'm way late to the party, but it's really great. Yeah, I feel like I I've gotten old, and you know <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't matter to me so much when the games came out yeah, if they're further from us anymore. We're old. It's true. When I was a kid, if the game was like a year or two old, I was like, eh, it's kind of outdated, yeah. you know. And yeah. now I'm just like, sweet you awesomeness. Know? I missed. I must play it. You yeah. Know? Speaking of old games, you know, I, you know. Okay, so there was that British intelligence officer. You can join MI6 later, right yeah. now. Podcasting. I well, went apparently back not. after I finished the <laughs> semester and all my classes and grades, everything were turned in. I was like, ah, I have some free time. I'm gonna go back and play that game. Well, it's gone. It was. It was like a promotional <laughs> website that they put up you the game. I know. I could have been I could have been Judy Dench's, you know, wingman or I am whatever. Bond, Audra Bond. <laughs> Not so much. Yeah, so that game oh, was just gone. Like, I really didn't have time for that. So I, I I'm like, well, I bet I could find some other text adventure game. You know, and I started poking around on the web for text adventure games that have been remade for browsers and stuff. Tried a couple out and most of them are most of the free ones that I found were not that good. They, you know, they either had problems or they free text games that have issues. <laughs> no. <laughs> so um, finally, I, I stopped wasting time and I'm like, all right, Chuck, you used to play these, you know, help me help me out. Help and, me help you. It's true. Yeah. So he took me uh, to the app store and we found what was the app called? The Lost Treasures of Infocom. Yeah. So here's here's the deal. Um you looked around old Infocom games, yeah, didn't you? Yeah, I was thinking, okay, well, first of all, I mean, obviously the Infocom games are the best of the genre, right? I mean, they, they had it nailed. They were pretty on top of things and really understood the the real, I guess, balance between... They made interactive fiction. Yeah, I mean, it's, it was really kind of the, the beginning of that thing done well. Yeah. So I, I, I was looking for something that I could get started with as a casual player, you, you know, know not, Zork, not having you? a lot of experience. So here's the thing: there were there were a number of like you could use frots the uh, the I forget what they call it, but the interact the files that they make now for those. A lot of people have have converted some of the games so that you can play them via that, and you can play all the ones that other people have created. But of course, those are tend to be kind of buggy. But uh, I looked around, and uh, Activision, I guess, right has has I guess they own the Infocom, uh, yeah brand and and material ip so they have taken all of it and put it together and released their own player that is badass i looked at it and it's like they have that like horizontal slider like in an arcade or uh like a jukebox you know yeah so you can see what you've what you've done and uh and it, it has buttons for some of the common things and it auto completes and all the stuff that makes those games so much more fun to play right but beyond all that uh, and it saves your your progress and everything they also have gone gone to the trouble of you know how those did, did you own any of those games when they were 
out originally? I did. They were on computer, but... Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, but, you know, the boxes come with artifacts mm-hmm. related to them, like... Uh, well, like, D&D used to do that, too. You get the, the treasure wheel and the tavern tale book, and you get these different yeah. deals. Well, with these, you get maps a lot of times, yeah, yeah, and you yeah, get uh, all kinds of stuff. So they have gone to the trouble of giving you a 3D image of the box that you can spin around and look at the box... They've given you, yeah, you... You grab it, you can like pinch it on the iPad screen and rotate it around, nice. and it, it looks like the original cardboard box that the game All came of the in. crap that came with the game is visible and available in there. You can look at it and zoom in on it. And, yeah, and digital copies of like the, you know, the letters and the, the you know, fingerprints or whatever. Pictures of nice. everything that came nice. with it. Yeah, and they have help for the, the games and, and things to help you through the, some of the tough spots, and it is the package. If you have... and. For uh, I believe it's ten bucks. The, yeah, it was the, ten. The uh, download is free, and then in-game purchases for the games, right? Mm-hmm. Sure. And the games are a couple of bucks a piece. Or for ten bucks, you can get all of them, and you get Zork one, two, three, four, uh, suspended deadline. Uh, I can't even remember. There's like a pile of yeah, them. Yeah, they're, they're like well, they made a bunch of them. them. I mean, the they... only one that I did not see on there, it's probably because of IP issues, is the Hitchhiker's Guide game. And no loss there because that game is a bitch. I really did not. That was my first one that I really started playing. And I'm I sorry. I did not enjoy it at all. It put me what off I of read, for a while. people said that that's one of the hardest ones ever. I, I, I got like through it. it because I had read the books religiously. See, I had not. And I had no idea what was going so on. So like it didn't surprise me when if you didn't drink the beer, you died, you know, or if you didn't eat the peanuts, you died. Yeah, exactly. You I mean, there was this whole big chain that if you didn't do it, you died. And I'm just, okay, I'm like, I'm yeah, done. just like in the books. Yeah, and just like in the books. Yeah, I, I didn't do that. I got back in it, but... Well, I'm playing Deadline, which is a, a murder mystery. Nice. And I'm a, an investigator. Yeah, and I, I put in like, I don't know, three or four hours or something, and if you, you can download a spoiler pack, but it says, be careful because some of the spoilers are deliberate traps for people who are trying to cheat. And I read nice. one of the spoilers, and, and it's they like, are. it was like, did you do this? Did you do this? And I'm like, I didn't think to do that, but I can try that. And then it, Damn, might, it killed my character. I was like... <laughs> But I'm going to go back and finish. Well, I had, uh, my niece is, is back in town for a little bit, uh, for the holidays and stuff, who is brilliant. And, and, uh, I would like to say my protege, but she's better than that. And, um, she is really into puzzle games. So I found her, uh, you know, the, the, the re-released version of Mist and, uh, Riven. Oh, sweet. Which is the sequel to Mist. And she's really into that stuff. And I gave it to her. I'm like, look, do not play this for long periods of time. You will drive yourself insane. You know, because she will not do like strategy guides or anything like that. Because uh, she wants to figure it out herself. And I got a call. I guess, oh no! <laughs> about three hours after she went home and loaded this stuff up and everything, she's like, "Oh, I don't understand." Just, you know, I'm like, "Okay, what part are you on?" She's like, "There's this organ, and we're supposed to play a tune, and there's no, I don't understand." Like in Goonies. Yeah, and it's just like this is the most frustrating thing ever. You know, I'm like, okay, look, you really, you really do need to play Mist with some modicum of of strategy guide. You know, because yeah, it really there's there's all kinds of different puzzles, and you may be good at like three out of the four of them, and then the fourth one will just drive you back crap crazy. You know, and uh, like look, I don't do guano crazy. Yeah, it's guano crazy. I'm so gonna use that. So it's just, That's awesome. I'm finally like, yeah, I think that was one of the ones. I remember this one. You need to do a certain thing, but you really ought to look it up because it's you, it's probably going to be the only one you get hung on, you know. But you you need to do that. So she did, and she beat she beat Mist in like a day and a half, right? 
Wow. And, well, she's really good at these. And then she got to Riven, which yeah. is 20 times worse than Mist. <laughs> and she's not even off the first set of, awesome. of tasks for Riven. It's just like, it's, it's like they hate me. It's, yeah. These games, these old games, I mean... What deadline came out in 1982, I think, the one I'm playing. And they, these games are hardcore, you know? I mean, and yeah. as text games, you don't have a whole bunch of visuals to compare and be like, well, that looks dated or what. It, you know, I mean, they hold up pretty well. And since it's a murder investigation, you know, it runs like a, a mystery novel, you know? And there's not a lot of stuff that's really unusual from the time period. So. It's easy to kind of slip into it, but man, it reminds you how hardcore and ruthless those early games could be. They didn't play around, you know? Yeah, I went and played, uh, I guess last year, I went back and downloaded the the PC version. You got to do an emulator and stuff like that, but sure. the PC version of uh, some of the Forgotten Realms stuff I used to play when I was a kid, back on a 286. And those things are hard. Oh, crap. I play Dragon Age. I play Mass Effect. I play yeah, all these things they're a little more now. friendly. Yeah, they're way more friendly. These things will kill you. <laughs> wow. I, and we thought that gaming was getting more popular because more people were discovering it. It's, it's because they're making easier. the games. It's like, less guano crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, you know, one black dragon wiped out my entire party. You know? wah, wah. Like, wow. I used to, I remember this game. I used to deal four or five of these at a time and just crap, you know? So anyway, it was, it was a lot of fun. Yesterday, uh, Audra and I watched a movie that we haven't seen in I don't know how long. In fact, the last it, it, movie... 2005, when it came out in the theaters, we saw it, and then we just hadn't seen it since then. Yeah, it was The Island. You remember that? The one with uh, Scarlett Johansson and... Uh, Neelix, Neelix and Obi, Obi-Wan Kenobi. <laughs> yeah, Ewan McGregor. And Neelix, yeah. Neelix. Ewan McGregor's kind of hot in this movie. I never really you before. Think? Well, I mean, I thought he was handsome before, like reasonably attractive, but I never really thought, wow, he's hot. But I'm just like, put I him was, in a onesie and I'm all over it. <laughs> it was not a onesie. It was a speed suit. <laughs> they were two-piece. They were these white and gray. <laughs> he's, don't bother boxing it up. He's wearing it out. <laughs> they called it do-so. <laughs> it is pretty funny. There were uh, there were a number of things that were funny, but but we, when we saw this in the theater, we were not fans. I mean, really? it was okay, we, but we, we liked it all right. But we kind of you yeah. felt that you had paid too much to yeah, see it. Yeah, we were disappointed. Kind of, we didn't really you know. Give it see, a lot I liked of, it. I thought yeah. it was I thought it was fun. Well, that's actually the Why point of our story. Up, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's not it's not so much to talk about the movie, but. We were, uh, I think we had paused it in the middle to grab a snack or something. And I was like, you know, we saw this when it came out in 2005. And I've made I, fun of it for years. Yeah, and I, I feel like really? I'm getting, well, I mean, we joked about Neelix in the onesie and stuff. Oh, still, I, I that's mean, a still good one. But, uh, but yeah, come on. That's, <laughs> I was like, things are just big it, you know. I'm, I'm getting a lot more out of this this time. And I don't understand what was so different back then. I mean, you? Right, exactly. Yeah. And I thought, okay, so there are movies that I saw when I was, you know, 16, 18, that I see now and get a different experience, right? Sure. But I was, you know, I mean, I, I was like not that much younger 
it was I was like 20, 25, 26 years old, you know, and I was like, what what is that different? It's not my age. And then I realized what it was. Well, Chuck figured it out. No, it, it was basically six years of maturity. Well, six. Well, Ooh, yeah, a little bit. But <laughs> wait a minute. More than that, right? Well, it came out in 2005, right? Yeah. So this is the end of 2012. So, yeah, but you guys, oh, you said you saw it in the theater. I thought you, sorry. I thought you were, you were renting it or something like that a year later. So, yeah. Yeah, that's. He's covering up the math. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> I'm not good at math. Fine. Fine. <laughs> But but you yeah, bastards. I mean, I really this isn't one of those <laughs> age things. It? It's between 2005 <laughs> and now, the major difference besides you know some like graduate school or whatever. But I had already done yeah, that. that. It was mainly GWC. It there was some GWC in there. It was talking you know with you guys about media and culture and movies and TV for you know six seven years, and talking about it in a way that. God, it makes your experience so much better when you learn how to get things out of it. You get references. You learn what they're trying to do with it. <laughs> <laughs> wow. David Felix. Felix is uh, unloading a desk. <laughs> it's, it's rearranging so, the podcast. Felix is a cat, by the way. Um, so, no. I'm a kitty. <laughs> here's, the, here's the thing. You know, like the first time around, it went kind of like this. Uh, we saw it. We interpreted it through whatever mood that we were in at that like moment. Like the people who voted in the Rift Tracks yeah. poll, you know? You know, I'm like, this is what I expected. This is not today what I expected. Like, I wouldn't expect something different tomorrow or a week from now or right. a week ago or, sure, yeah. you know, a yeah. year ago. And XYZ and, is the only type of thing that can be a good movie. And here at this moment. And, and here's, what, here's what I got. And here's the difference. And it's a piece of crap or it's okay or blah, blah, blah. Sat in judgment of it, moved on. And that's you know? the version of us that, you know, when we first started talking to you, Sean, about this stuff, where yeah. we were like, oh, that's stupid crap. Oh, that's dumb. Yeah, you could, and you're like, I don't know, man, you know, give it a chance. And we're like, all right, you know, and then there, then the next thing, oh, that's stupid crap. And then you'd be like, well, well there's give more it a chance, to it as you know? well. You know, I think a couple of, you know, six years of talking media changes the way you look at things as well. You know, like here's how the discussion, here's how it went this time, right? We put it on and we're just expecting something fun. You know, we're not paying any attention and you start watching and, and the next thing, you know, uh, I'm trying to think of the first thing that came up, but like, well, there was one thing, there was kind of a, a violent scene where they were um, cutting open these huge bags of that was saline about midway through the movie. Yeah. Well, you know, well, yeah, where um, they're showing how they're growing these human clones, you know, and they're cutting open the bag and all the water's just gushing out and it's slowing it, it's showing it in kind of slow motion. And I'm like, wow, look at how they're, you know, they're showing us all this stuff that looks like real human birth. That's a really sharp move on the movie makers part because they're showing the audience something that's going to connect them to this real human thing. And then Chuck was like, if I were the director, what I would do next is I would intersplice it with the scene of the woman having the baby and then show how they kill her off because that would be most, you know, powerful. And, and it was awesome. We we're sitting there analyzing and being like, you know what you could do with the scene here? And oh, why did you they could have this, this imagery. And, why did they put this here instead of somewhere else? Or things like, uh, you know, looking to get more information out of it instead of just finding something to sit in judgment of. And 
And and another discussion came up, like Audra was talking about. She was like, you know, it's interesting that that there are all these hormonal connections and and biological connections between mother and child. You know, I wonder I wonder how that works in terms of of the new child's mother. You know, and, oh yeah, when they give the baby to the other woman, and we're thinking, well, I mean, obviously a lot of it is uh, a, a lot of it are social ish- concerns as well. You know, that come from not biological, but rather the interactions and so on. But you know, then we're like, well, this this should this happens pretty commonly now. I mean, there are adoptive parents, there are uh, surrogate mothers, and that sort of thing. I bet I bet somebody's done a study about this, and you're off looking for it to see what you can find out. You know, or um, or other things too. I mean, I have to admit now too, it was fun immediately picking out all of the people. Holy crap, there were a lot of people that went on to do funny things in that. Yeah, um, Yvette Nicole Brown from Community. Is, She's uh, yeah has a small role in it, and. Um, uh, Mark Christopher Lawrence, who plays Big Mike, or yeah. played Big Mike on Chuck, has a little part. He's in it. Yeah, all kinds of people are in that yeah. flick. Yeah, the the part that got me that that I remember about that movie, which was kind of cool, the realization was the when Ewan McGregor sees a motorcycle, quote unquote, for the first yeah. time. Yeah. You know, and they're like, what he, was that? He's really drawn to it. I don't know, but I, I want one, you know, and you realize that he really does and that these people are, you can't stop people from being themselves. You know, it doesn't. You, you, it doesn't matter what stimulus that you give them; they are still. I, I like to think. I thought about this a lot too. I think that what was happening, you know, and I didn't think about this first time around, but however they're doing this quote scan, which they don't really talk about, to yeah. create the clone, which is good because the more they explain about it, the, the more yeah, they fall it would apart, just it you know? would just make you worry about whether that's good yeah, or they not. They tell you it happened yeah. basically, and that's good. But whatever they're doing to recreate it is recreating some of the biological storage of memory. Right. You know, because I mean, obviously, I love this. Everybody, when everybody talks about, oh, it's either this is a, is it nature or nurture? It's like, well, they're kind of the same thing at some point because anything that you store has to be stored biologically, right? And anything that you, uh, biological is, is affected by you and how you think and what you do. So I just, I thought that was, uh, it was cool that the idea of these memories were restored physically. And when they recreated this, this clone um, somehow that was making it in and they were coming back out. Also just a side note, if motorcycles flew like that, I would have one today. That looked awesome. <laughs> I'm just saying flying motorcycle. Awesome. Yeah. You know, even the stupidest flying motorcycle. And I think we all know what that is. It's a damn movie with the, the headband and the... trancers. <laughs> no, that's another one. <laughs> That's really cool. Though. Megaforce. Megaforce. Yes. With the, the flaps, you can see them flapping in the wind. Well, that's what they do. They flap. They, they fly. And he's all like wailing on it stuff. Yeah, that's horrible. But even that's cool. Yeah. Even the stupidest flying motorcycle is cool. This one. Awesome. Yeah. I got to admit, I want a rocket motorcycle. Yeah. But I just, cool. I just wanted to say thank you, you know, to, I guess, to Sean and to like, to Chuck and, and GWC for that experience. Cause you know, it's one thing when I go into a, a class and I'm teaching something like I'm teaching rhetoric, we're talking about media analysis, you know, look at, look at these advertisements, look at these commercials and, you know, figure out what message are they trying to send and how are they doing that and really break it down and look at the tiny little strategies that they use. And I, I say, when you do this process, it makes you better able to see this stuff out in the world, you know, and, 
And they're like, yeah, but people, people say things like, why would I want to, you know, isn't it's it way more fun? Well, that's the thing. It makes your life so much more interesting. And it was such a delight to have a couple of my students, like two or three students come back after like half the semester was over, come back into class and say, you know, this thing we were talking about, we were watching a movie and, and as we saw the movie, I realized that it was just like this thing. And and they're like, I actually enjoyed the movie more because I could figure that out. And it really is true. You get so much more out of it because you are taking in the art at all these different levels. Instead of just sort of passively letting a film wash over your eyeballs, you know, you're, you're thinking and you can think on more and more levels. See, and, and another thing that came up that I thought was really fun this time around was that it was really cool how they used the fact that they had had essentially um, programmed, socialized them without sex, right? Right. And 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 then of course when they end up out in the world and they confront themselves, who are heavily involved in using sex for other purposes, like either uh, yeah, she's a model, right? You know, and when they see what they do, it's like they're presenting a, a us. <laughs> yeah, they're presenting us an opportunity to think about it through this, you know, through this situation with this hypothetical person that has something that nobody else could have, which is, you know, a, a perspective of a world with nothing. Well, and it's true too because you can once you remove all that, you're you're hyper aware of it when you do get realize it, and when she tells them, you know, you're smiling but your eyes aren't, you know, or because she's seen that kind of thing before you can tell, you know, we train ourselves to kind of ignore that out here. They didn't, you know, cause it was all new to them and they, they were in a very, you know, accelerated cycle of learning and everything. So they, they picked up on cues that a lot of people ignore and it was really cool. I mean, it was, it was a cool statement. Yeah, a lot of things to general. think about, you yeah, know, you know, it's, it was just, it came from a bunch of different levels, but when you let, uh, I guess let the, the snark, some of the snark go, know and and really look at a piece of art and let it uh not so much enrich but uh when you can appreciate it, it on do more what than, it does yeah you know? let it play yeah Just exactly let it play. you will get more from an experience that way than you will ever get trying to knock something down and that's that's really well said sean because i i didn't i realized that what i was saying it made it sound like it's a like you know i got smarter or something it's not about being smart it's about being more open and experiencing all the different things that are there. Yeah. Just like you're saying, you know, let it, like, let yourself experience it. And, you know, there were times that when we were watching it that Chuck and I were both like, you know, I don't think that really worked. You know, it actually, Michael Bay directed it. We, we had forgotten that. Yeah. And we're like, you know, this scene here, I can, I can see it. It didn't really work out the way they wanted it to. But that doesn't mean that we can't appreciate all the other stuff. Yeah, there's a, there's a kind of a cheesy scene in, um the last samurai that that sums it up the the there's the samurai there who's chasing perfection right he wants to find the perfect cherry blossom and he he weeds through all of them you know his whole life is spent he wants to find the perfect one and at the end he understands you know he sees uh wind gusts blow all the cherry blossoms off the trees and he's like oh i i understand they're all perfect they all have value they all have something that's cool and then he dies but he, <laughs> but he at least realizes. And he walks into the ocean and it says "fiend." <laughs> no, that's the end of City Angels, and I'm sorry, I still hold to this day that that ending sucked. I hate that movie. <laughs> I'm, I'm totally with you. Uh, I was up with it for the last ten minutes of the movie, and then the last ten minutes of the movie. Oh, 
you know. <laughs> now that everything's perfect, I'm going to go buy a bicycle. You can't <laughs> ride it Meg down a mountain. <laughs> the hell? This is no, you know. Anyway, uh, but that kind of is how I do it. And, you know, I joke around a lot and everybody does, but in the end, there's value in almost all these things. And we've said that for a number of years, but you, sometimes you forget a little bit or sometimes you have to go back to center or sometimes it just, you, you're doing other things and, and you don't look at that as much. Uh, but it is true. You know, you can get all kinds of value and all kinds of, of cool things from unexpected places, be it media or some kind of art or something like that. It all has stuff to say. May not be what you want to hear, or may not be something that interests you, but it has something to say. Well, I think that's cool. I feel like uh, this is, in many ways, the gift that we've received from GWC, and it's a gift that we'd like to pass on. You know, which is uh, this method of getting significantly more enjoyment out of the media that you uh, that you're into, and uh, those discussions that you have with other people, if you're at all like us, will incredibly enrich your life. Uh, and, and I would love to hear about that too. You know, if you're a person, if you're a GWC listener and you feel like because of the podcast community or, you know, anything since you started listening and the people that you've talked to, people you've met, people you talk to online in the forum or anything, you know, just listening to the cast, if it gave you more appreciation of something, I would love to hear about it. You know, let us know. Give us a call. Absolutely. And, uh, it's that time of year. It's time to go have some uh, holiday fun. Damn right it is. Audrey, you got anything you want to add here at the end? Uh, thank you to all of the people who sent little um, Christmas cards, and we got a couple of little gifts, and um, some people just sent nice notes, emails, text messages, just all the holiday wishes. Really, really nice, and it, it always is it's heartwarming to remember all the people out there and, you know, hear from everybody and know you're doing well. John. Uh, same. Uh, thank you for, for listening to the show. I know there's, there's so many more, so many people and, and many, we just don't hear from. I mean, they, they listen to the show and they're, they're lurking and that's cool and everything, but you don't really realize how many people listen to the show and until you really go back and, and look and, uh, it's, it's pretty, pretty humbling but um there's a, a special thing that arrived i guess this week uh for for me and uh, it was from shooter and his his family well shooter decided he was going to do a little house cleaning and sent me uh his old fine scale models from he's collected over years because uh, he's like, you know what I really and this is typical of of GWC people, you know, they're they're really cool and his statement was, I'd much rather this go to somebody who would appreciate it and build them than sit in a shelf in nice. my basement. Nice. And sent me so a they're bunch model of kits. They haven't been put together. They're, they're, they're not opened. Wow. I mean, 30 years old in some cases uh, of, of like Robotech and GoBots and, and just uh, oh, these, these awesome. mechs and, and things that incredible. both Shooter and I have a great love for. Uh, they arrive in this big box with this beautifully typed two-page or written note that, you know, explaining, you know, how his family was and, and how awesome he thought these were. And he thought they should go to someplace cool and everything. And I was floored. I had tears in my eyes by the end of the message. And, and uh, you know, Shannon comes in. She's like, what's that? I'm like, it's, it's a box from Shooter with a note, you know. And uh, I, I can't think of anything more cool that somebody could have sent me than, than stuff 
basically from his childhood that he appreciated that he thought needed to find a better home. Um, and she's like, dear God, what are you going to do for him? I'm like, I have no idea. I can't even <laughs> think of anything this cool to do for him, you know? So thank you to, to shooter and everyone who's, who sent us notes. I got a car from Raimani the other day. I, I mean, it's awesome. just, uh, saying looking forward to March, you know, I mean, all kinds of cool <laughs> yeah. stuff. And it's just, it's amazing to see the, the community that we created. I mean, sometimes, you know, you got life happening, other things going on and all of us do, you know, but it's still there and we still do the cast and they still listen. And to me, that is amazing. So thank you. Well, I would like to say thank you to everyone who has donated this year. Everyone who has given, uh, taken the time to write a nice note or something. I, I know, the the last year has just been so incredibly busy and 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 difficult and and every now and then getting a, a little drop in the email box of somebody with a happy note or something really nice so thank you to all of you who did and thank you for listening and uh, I think we'll uh, see you if not once more this year early next year Woo-hoo. have a good one. On behalf of everyone here at GWC, thanks for listening. And thanks to all who make GWC possible, including producers Soleil, form moderators Badgerspoon, Pike, and Frackentalos, GWC book club maven Casilda, and tech guru Juan Drew. Remember, if you'd like to share your opinions with the GWC crew and listeners, you can call us anytime at 214-296-9229, extension 701. You can also contact us via galacticwatercooler.com, our website and blog. But you should really spend some time over on the GWC forum. GWCers really are the friendliest people on sci-fi. We're always re-watching or group reading something fun. You might even find a GWC meetup somewhere near you. GWC is funded by advertising and by listeners like you. For information on how you can donate, visit galacticwatercooler.com slash support. Finally, special thanks to Ferris and his friends Encoder and Jim Minadeo for GWC's sweet theme music. For more Encoder, visit them at myspace.com slash Encoder.